Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for June 19th, 2018. And we have another big slate, 15 games, every single team playing. The Monday slate looks like it's shaping up pretty well. Pretty much all of the pitchers that have gone early have done well, especially for me. Pavetta, offense is all kind of decent. Garrett Cole, not a great game, but he wasn't terrible either. So as long as uh, Andrew Suarez doesn't totally shit the bed in the late game, then I I think it should be a profitable night. So hopefully he pitches decently, and I I feel pretty good about him going into tonight. The Marlins really don't have a good offense, so at the very least, I don't think he gets totally destroyed. I think a worst-case scenario for him is he just kind of pitches okay, but whatever. Irrelevant, those lineups are already set, and we're on to Tuesday's slate, and we have one of, I think, the best offensive spots we've seen all year in Colorado with Jason Vargas taking the mound against them. So a lot of my pitching choice and then just even the offense, because I I think the Rockies could be like an all-in play for me. So the pitching choice are going to be built around the idea that I'm going to be going very expensive at offense with the Rockies at home against Jason Vargas, who's really struggled this year. And then you put him in the Coors Field environment. That could really just be a ton of runs for the Rockies offense. So keep that in mind, getting into the pitching, we do have Justin Verlander and Chris Sale, both at the top. Both of them are fine options. Sale, 12700 probably a, a little cheap for him versus what we're used to. Verlander, 13300 in a favorable spot at home against the Rays. If you want to use a cheaper offense, I think you could roster either one of these guys. It's just probably not going to be the way that I go because, like I said, I really like the Rockies offense. And as much as I like to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to roster Verlander and Sale together with the Rockies offense, it's, it's not realistic, so... The opportunity cost of playing a Verlander or a Sale means you probably can't stack the Rockies, and that that is the direction that I really want to go for this slate. So nothing against Verlander or Sale. Sale has been one of my highest, if not the highest owned pitcher for me over the last couple of seasons. It probably would have been Kershaw, because Kershaw has been hurt a lot. So Sale's probably been the pitcher I roster the most, but this spot, just the opportunity cost is going to have me away from him. So the first pitcher that I'm really looking at that I like a decent amount is Vince Velasquez at 8,600. A lot of upside for Velasquez. He does have a 4.74 ERA this year, but a 3.54 FIP and a 3.54 XFIP. So the peripherals suggest better things coming his way in the future. And then we also have a ton of strikeouts for him. 10.82 10.82 strikeouts per nine innings. His walk rate is down this year to 3.16. Velasquez was a former top prospect. And what happened with him was he had some shoulder injuries. He was limited to just 15 starts last year due to injury. The velocity was also down. And I think that's why we saw some subpar performance from him. Last year, 5.5, a 5.13 RA, 5.52 FIP. But if you go back two years when he first kind of broke out with the Phillies, very similar numbers to this year. We saw a FIP in the threes, struck out 10.5 guys per nine innings, and the velocity is back in that range as opposed to when it was down last year. So I think this is what we get from Velasquez. He's kind of like in between a second and third starter in rotation, but a lot of upside in him where he has some starts where it really looks like an ace and has a ton of upside potential and not really an easy matchup against the Cardinals, but not a tough one either. 94 WRC plus against right-handed pitching and a 22.5% strikeout rate. So both of them slightly below average the for the Cardinals offense against righties. So I like I like the spot for Velasquez. I think he could do well here. The next guy who I'm looking at is Jameson Tyone at 8,400. Tyone's another guy. Really good stuff. 
could be a top of the rotation guy, but just really inconsistent. I do prefer Velazquez to Tyone, but I think Tyone is still in play for me. Uh, if you look at Tyone, went through a really rough stretch kind of at the end of April, beginning of May. But he's turned it around a little bit recently, averaging just under 20 fantasy points in his last four starts, including a 31 and a half. Uh, fantasy point outing against the St. Louis Cardinals. Also, he's at home. It's a favorable pitcher's park. Tyone at 8,400. Once again, not one of my favorite plays on the slate, but I think there is some upside there and there's value to him. More of a secondary pitching choice for me. Another guy who I really like here in the cheap range, Domingo Herman at 7,300. This is another guy really cheap with a ton of strikeout upside. Look at Herman's numbers this year. He has been giving up runs with a 5.23 RA, 4.27 FIP, a ton of strikeouts, 10.63 strikeouts per nine, and seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable now in the starting role. He went over 21 fantasy points in each of his last two starts. He had a decent start against the Astros. He did struggle in a game at Detroit and in another start at Texas. But overall, I think there's a lot of upside here in Herman. He had 26 swing and misses in his last start, which is the most of any Yankees starter the entire season. If you watch Herman pitch, really, really good stuff. Good breaking ball, really good fastball that touches the upper 90s. Uh, not quite 100, but he did have some 98-99 his last start. So really good stuff for Herman, and I think he's a guy who could be another top-of-the-rotation starter for the Yankees if he could become a little bit more consistent and get the control uh, a little bit more within the strike zone where he's not missing a lot because we've seen at times where the pitch count gets a little bit out of hand and it doesn't allow him to get as deep into games as you'd want still pretty young only 25 years old rookie and really good stuff for him on i think there's a lot of upside for him at 7300 the matchup against the mariners is not the best in the world they have a 106 wrc plus against right-handed pitching but it's still it's a cheap price for herman and a guy with 30 fantasy point upside i think he's worth rostering and another guy who we could see a huge performance from. I prefer him slightly more than Tyone for their respective prices. Uh, next guy who I'm interested in, not as much upside, but I think a little bit safer to play, is Derek Rodriguez for the Giants. So Rodriguez, actually the son of Pudge Rodriguez, not a highly regarded prospect, a uh, little old on the old end, 26. Not terrific stuff, but kind of in the similar way that I liked Andrew Suarez for Monday Night Slate, I think a lot of similar things about Derek Rodriguez, where he's been okay this year, 4.34 a 3.89 FIP, striking out seven and a half guys per nine innings, but it's just such an easy matchup in a really favorable pitcher in a really favorable pitcher's park against a really weak Marlins offense, 27th in WRC plus against right-handed pitching with an, at 82, striking up 23.6% of their at-bats. So Derek Rodriguez, for his price, I think is a really safe play. So if you're looking at these guys and you're saying like, ah, oh, I, I don't want to mix in too many of these riskier guys like a Tyone or Domingo Herman together, Rodriguez makes some sense here as a guy that probably isn't going to get you like 25 fantasy points or anything like that, but it's a pretty safe bet to at least hit value and is a pretty good chance to pick up the win bonus also. Then one final play who, uh, a lot of asterisks here, Rich Hill at 6,600. This is just way too cheap for Hill compared to his historical performance and what he's done. The issue with Rich Hill is, one, he's he always has blister issues and it's been an ongoing problem with him his entire career. And his last start, he didn't even make it through one batter before he left with an injury. So Rich Hill, the 
the only way that I'd roster him is a couple of things. First off, we have to know he doesn't have a pitch restriction and that the blister issue is totally behind him. If there is, I think there's a chance we see like a 60, 70 pitches for Hill or they're just going to ease him into the rotation. If that's going to be the case, then I don't want to play Rich Hill at all. But if we see Rich Hill with like a 90 pitch count or something like that, then I think he's worth rostering. Another possible issue with him here is that questionable weather. We're looking at 40% chance of thunderstorms the day before the game that could improve. We saw that tonight with the Indians game where the night before it, it, it was showing 70% chance of thunderstorms. They did have a brief rain delay in the game, except overall the weather looked much better closer to game time. So that could be another case with the Dodgers game, but still Rich Hill of the guys I mentioned, he's probably my fifth favorite choice in order. The guys I like, it would be Velasquez one, Herman two, Rodriguez three, Tyone four, and then Rich Hill five and Rich Hill could totally get left out of my player pool. If we, see him with any kind of significant restrictions. So moving into the offenses, I already touched on it at the top. It's really hard for me to get past the Rockies offense. Obviously, Coors Field, huge boost to hitters. The Rockies this year have been terrible against right-handed pitching, but they're middle of the road against lefties. They're not they and they have a couple of hitters that hit lefties extremely well. Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, two of the best hitters in baseball against lefties. Both of them really strong plays for the spot against Vargas. If you look at Vargas's numbers this year, 7.39 ERA, 5.58 FIP. A lot of balls in play against him. He's a fly ball pitcher, 36% ground ball rate, but still a 17.8% home run to fly ball rate. So a lot of home runs being hit off him. 37% hard contact rating. That's really high. There's so much upside in this spot for the Rockies. It's hard for me to get past them to look at really any other offense. If there is another spot you really want to look at, I wouldn't mind going back to the Texas Rangers in a spot in Kansas City against Jason Hamill. We're looking at similar weather conditions for Tuesday in terms of heat and the wind expected to be blowing out in Kansas City. So we've seen so far in Monday night's game, we're only a few innings in, but there's already been a bunch of runs scored. The first ball of the game, Shinsu Chu hit kind of a, a fairly weak fly ball. It just carried out of the ballpark. And if we're going to look at Jason Hamill, another fly ball pitcher who tends to be home run prone, I think it could be a similar spot to the Rangers offense tonight that they had uh, against Ian Kennedy on Monday. The other thing to consider here is the Royals traded away Kelvin Herrera out of their bullpen to the Nationals. The Royals don't have a great bullpen. And Herrera was really one of their only strong pitchers out of the pen. So now that he's gone, this is a really crappy bullpen. And there's a lot more upside for the offenses deep into games. So for salary savings, at least, I think the Rangers make sense as plugs to go along with the Royals. I mean, with the uh, with the Rockies, not the Royals. And then also, if you wanted to go that route by stacking them, which I don't think is a terrible thing to do, then you get in Sale or Verlander with them because they're not particularly expensive. Don't think that's the route that I'm going to go. I'm, I am going to be using Rangers hitters as plugs, Rockies mostly for offense, and then just a lot of those mid-tier pitchers with some upside and hope that a couple of them have a big strikeout game like I know that they're capable of. And I, I think that could be the recipe for a really high-scoring GPP lineup. So that is going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GArenbergDFS, and I'll be back tomorrow night to record a podcast for Wednesday.